0: This is First Class Counselors, another innovative podcast brought to you by Camp Hacker. First Class Counselors is dedicated to young and up-and-coming camp mavericks. By equipping and empowering our on-the-ground staff, camp directors can rest easy knowing that our campers are having the true life-changing experience that parents expect. Find our show notes and our blog for camp leaders and professionals at camphacker.tv.
1: Hey, First Class Counselors. Matt here. Just wanted to leave a quick note and let you know that for some reason in the recording here, my audio was a little bit goofy, and it wasn't something that I'm able to fix in the post-production of this one. It's not bad, but it's not up to the level that we... Uh, We usually want it to be. So just a heads up, it's a really great episode. It's a long one, but a good one. And I certainly think it's worth getting through a little bit of bad internet audio. We'll look at it and fix it for the future. And while I'm here, just wanted to say a big thank you for listening. It means so much to Oliver and I to see the downloads and all the nice notes from you folks and knowing that we're able to reach counselors all across uh, the country and around the world with these podcasts. So thanks for your support. And as always, if you have a suggestion or an idea for a guest, anything like that, please email me, matt at gocamp.pro. I'd love to hear from you. Thanks, and enjoy this episode.
2: Welcome to First Class Counselors, where we give camp counselors insider tips and advice on how to make a camper's summer the best it can be.
1: Whether you are brand new to the camp world, or you have a few years under your belt, self-improvement and a growth mindset is built into the DNA of every great camp staff member, or dare we say it, every first-class counselor.
2: My name is Oliver Griegan, pronouns he, him. I'm the executive director at Camp Winona YMCA in Leon Springs, Florida.
1: And my name is Matt Wilford. My pronouns are he, him. I'm the director of overnight programs at Campfire Circle. We're an organization that brings the camp experience to kids and families affected by pediatric cancer. And what are we talking about today? Well, let me set the stage for you here. It is arguably the most stressful time in a camp counselor's life. It's the first day of camp. The caregivers have just left, and now it's just you and the campers. And as 10 sets of eyes stare at you in anticipation, it dawns on you that what you do and what you say next really matters. So how do you spend that first little bit with your campers? And how you do it will set the tone for the rest of the session. If you don't treat it intentionally, it's going to be something that you and likely the rest of camp is going to regret and have to work on for the rest of the session. So in this episode, we're going to talk about why is it important to be intentional, what to do in the first five minutes when you're alone with those kiddos, the things that you can do after that until you're ready for your next thing, and we'll also share some of our horror stories of what doesn't work in this time. And that sounds pretty intense, right? So it's so intense that Oliver and I, we cannot take this one on alone.
2: That's right. To tackle this huge topic properly, we've brought in somebody who camp does this expertly. So uh, Robin, welcome to First Class Counselors. Thank you. We're so happy to have you. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and where you're from, what you do, and uh, why we have you on the podcast today.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks so much for having me here. Uh, my name is Robin. I use she/her pronouns. I am the camp director at the Karen Family of Camps, which is an overnight summer camp program in Baysville, Ontario. Um, I've been the camp director there for six years now, and was a seasonal staff member for five years before that. So, yeah, that's that's my camp story.
2: Uh, so, um, when we do have a guest, we have a little way to get to know you a little bit better, um, and it's just a lightning fast. Question round. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right, cool. So to start off, what's your favorite camp meal?
0: uh I would say it has to be Greek meal, which is like spiced Greek chicken with pita and feta and tzatziki sauce. Brilliant, brilliant. That's,
2: sounds delicious. Definitely um, sounds like a camp meal I might need to draw myself one day. All right, summertime camp footwear preference. Are you a Chaco's? Are you Tiva's? Close to shoes.
0: Definitely, definitely Chacos.
2: Ooh, do you work on that Chaco tan?
0: Mm, no. <laughs> 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 Only the Chaco dirt tan. All
2: right. You're building a fire. What shape are you building your fire in? Are you doing a log cabin, triangle, TP? What do you got?
0: Log cabin all the way. All right. All
2: right. Uh, and then finally, a camp game that you would smoke a camper in, but you usually let them win.
0: What a great question! Um, my camp game specialty is running up hills and down hills through the forest very fast, and so any sort of like camper catch counselor sort of game running through the forest—that's uh, my escape method. And then, just when the camper is getting tired, yeah, I'll let them catch me. All right. All
2: right. <laughs> when the camper is getting tired, when the camper is—that's
0: what I said. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> all right. Well, it is. Great to get to know you. So, um, let's move into this first topic we have covering our subject today. Why is it important to be intentional with these first five minutes? I mean, how important could five minutes be? We've only, you know, heard the expression, um, you know, first impressions are everything. So, let's get started. Parents are gone. It's just us and the campers. Uh, Matt, do you want to kind of kick us off here for what's this important thing about intentionality?
1: Yeah, I think this, it's important to kind of frame this. Every camp is going to do this a little bit differently. You might It might not be the first thing your camp does, but there will be a time when it's just you and the kids. And I, also for our listeners, you might be an experienced camp person, or this might be your first uh, summer camp experience at all. You might have never been to camp. But if you're a kid, it, like if I take myself back to, to 10-year-old Matt, my first year at camp, and it was like my parents were gone – That is incredibly nerve-wracking. And so I think it's important that we remember that those kids are in a very unsure situation. And it's important that we are self-assured and intentional in those moments. If if the kids get the perception that we have our crap together, and we at least, even if you're freaking out on the inside, what you have on the outside is really important because it is comforting to those kids who might be uncomfortable, right? And especially the quieter ones, especially the new, new ones are going to need. That comfort. And as we establish the norms within our community, we we everything we do in this time really tells that story, that first impression. It does matter. So are we a kind community? Are we goofy? Is it is it fine to be yourself? Is it rigid? Is it flexible? Is it do we have an autocratic style of leadership? Is it democratic? Are we inclusive? All of those questions are things that you are going to start establishing in this first little bit. Um, you're creating this community. It's this little intentional community and we want to make sure that we're starting it off on the right foot. We're going to go in depth about all of these things, autocratic, democratic, we might touch on those and, and we could have a big discussion on it. But I just think it's important that we frame this from like a, we're really setting the tone with this first little bit and how we're making our campers feel In an uncertain situation, it's something that we have to take extremely seriously.
2: Yeah, I like that. It's kind of that first impression of the rules of the road, right? Like, what is the basic conduct in this little society that I'm now a part of going to be? Uh, Robin, what about you? What is your belief in this importance about it being intentional with your first five minutes?
0: Yeah, I think exactly like uh, Matt said, those kids are looking for comfort, they're looking for affirmation, they're looking for some sort of direction as to what's going on and what they've just entered into, especially if it's their first time uh, at camp or if they're in a new group of kids, which happens every year so. I think it's important to be intentional because as the counselor, you have that control and influence, whether you have a plan or not. The kids are going to be looking to you for direction, for guidance, for all of those things that Matt was talking about, what the cultural norms are. And so because you have that control and influence just by being the counselor and being that person for them, then regardless of if you have a plan or not, they're still going to be looking to you. So Since you're the leader that they're watching for direction, being intentional with that can help provide that comfort uh, and that assurance. And really being intentional makes the best use of that intention. Otherwise, they're going to look elsewhere for that direction, right? Because they're looking to answer those questions. And if they don't find them in you, then they're going to be looking around and they might find them in their peers or in Mm -hmm. something else. And you don't, you want to have that control. (laughs) You want to be able to be able to set that tone off right from the beginning.
2: Yeah, at the end of, at the end of the day, you're going to be that mama duck, right? Just naturally, like they they don't know who to follow, so they're going to pick you. And I, I love how you you kind of phrase that, where um, y- there's just that expectation off the bat that if it's the first impression they come after you for. It's going to be you to follow, or they're going to have to try and go somewhere else, right? Um, and I think for for me, at the end of the day, that intentionality, right, it comes from the fact that you got prepared. For them, like you're showing you're prepared for them, that you're ready in that first five minutes and you give them that impression. You might not know what's happening after that five minutes, right? <laughs> that may be a mystery to you, but that first five minutes that you're with them, if you can show that you've, you know, like you've prepared for them, it shows that for you personally, you've had to take that time to, like athletes say, visualize the win, right? Think about what that process is going to be like what your kids are going to be like, how they might react to different things. Um, Do you have something ready for them? So like you're the person who can provide for them right off the bat, whatever that thing might be, we'll have that conversation in a bit. But that idea of being intentional with it, it allows your campers to know, oh, this person is going to be the one who's there for me. They're the one, they're mama duck that I get to follow. They're the lead lemon, lemming, whatever it might be. Um, My intentionality is there to show, hey, look, I'm here for you.
1: I I think it's it's important that when we're framing this, like we're using things like mama duck or like be the leader or kids are going to look to you. That doesn't mean that you need to be like – The you need to be like the taskmaster or the drill sergeant in that way, right? You can do all of these things in a kind way, and I think my definitely my default sometimes was was to go in that like I'm the leader, I'm going to establish like dominance in a weird sense. I talked about this in our in our mistakes we made episode, that I I just tried to do that way too too harshly, and it it just set a weird tone. Did the kids listen? Yeah, they did, but it set a, a very strange tone that I had to like. To show that I was actually a, like a kind empathetic leader, I had to like backtrack a little bit from that and it, it was it was messy and it I'm sure that it made those quiet kids feel really unsafe almost because I was really really strong in that sense um so it, you know with great power comes great responsibility i guess as spider man um, as Uncle Ben would tell us um so Something, to, something to be aware of before we before we keep talking about you as the leader. Just, just framing that you're not the drill sergeant, you, but you are a leader, and and there you have that influence, whether whether or not you like it. As Robin said,
2: yeah, I think you hit the uh, nail on the head. The leader that you are at camp is not going to be the leader you're going to be maybe in other areas. Like, I'm not expecting anyone to be a drill sergeant at camp. That's That's, I think, what is going to be really important for for you, our listeners, as leaders, to kind of learn as you go through. Your type of leadership style is going to be dependent on the fact that you're at camp and what camp you're at and what the expectation of counselors are. So, all right, this is the the take-home material for you all. We're in that first five minutes. There are 10 eyes on you, like Matt said, or 10 sets of eyes on you, hopefully. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And they want to know what they're going to be doing. Right? Welcome to summer camp. It's here. Uh Robin put the eyes on you as the guest. Um Matt and I are your campers right now. What are you doing with us for those 5 minutes?
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So again, like we were saying, this first 5 minutes is the it's the first time that you are the one to step into that role of the the cabin leader, the counselor, and your goals for this first 5 minutes are to do something together to do something interactive and to build engagement. And I think that that's most important because then that's what really draws them in. Uh, and so what are some of the ways to do that? Some of my top tips would be to play what I call de and name games. So de are types of games that uh, are silly, they're fast, they're easy to learn, quick buy-in. It doesn't take a lot of skill. It breaks the ice is the main purpose there. So it's showing, demonstrating through those first five minutes that, Hey, we're going to have fun here. We get to play here. Camp is a fun environment. Those are all what de-inhibitizers try to do. So these could be tag games. Um, or other, again, easy buy-in games uh, that get kids moving around, uh, maybe talking to each other a little bit, having a little bit of easy competition. But the, the main purpose is is just to just to play together. And then name games kind of being a second, second category of de-inhibitizers. Name games uh, are games that are intentionally designed to make sure that kids are using each other's names and that you are also learning names. Uh, it helps you put names to faces for these kids that you are meeting for the first time. And we all know how important using people's names is at camp and everywhere in the world, right? It makes people mm-hmm. feel seen and heard and valued for the individual that they are. So it's important to practice that. Um, and and so practicing that for yourself and making sure that in those first five minutes you can say, okay. Matt, Matt's the one that likes bananas because I learned that in the past game. Matt, 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 and saying Oliver, Oliver, Oliver as many times as you can. Uh, and then also getting kids to say each other's names, because that's not a skill that they practice a lot in other parts of their life. And so we can model that at summer camp um, by starting to play some of these name games.
2: Yeah, and I think uh those de um right? Those icebreakers games that I know Matt and I have brought up in the past, they're so important, but I, I really would advise people get to a point of comfort with them, right? A point to where you can, you know, the operation of the game, you can run the game, run it with your fellow counselors, like during staff training. So when the kids arrive, you're not trying to remember what the game is. You practice that. And now when you're running the game with the kids, all right, I know the rules. I know the regulations. I know what we're doing here. I've explained it at least once or twice before. Now I can do a lot with what Ram was just talking about is as kids say things, my focus isn't how I'm running the game so much as I'm trying to remember what the kids are saying. And that when you get to that level of, all right, I can remember everyone, like they said their name, they said something fun about them. Da da da. I can remember those things as we're going through. I'm not trying to think about, okay, what's next? Well, um, okay. Uh, this is what the draft form is like <laughs> in the game, or this is what an elephant <laughs> sounds like. I can just focus on, okay, Robin really likes elephants. She thought when I made that noise, it was really funny. I saw her laughing. I'll hold that in my bank one day. And if she's upset, maybe I'll be like, hey, Robin, do you remember that elephant from the first day of camp? And I'm like, what are you talking about? Elephant I was like the one I made. It gets her to maybe laugh mm. again uh, later on the road, but it puts something in your bank. So learn the games before you really go into it. Thanks so much, Robin. It was a great map. Eyes are on you now. You're wow. you're the counselor. And and Robin and I get to be uh, campers right now. Show, give us your first five minutes.
1: Okay, I, the the philosophy that I take with these first five minutes is that um, I think engagement is something that I definitely think about. What is the impression that each kid is going to be taking away from? This time together, and I think about every camper—the ones that have been to camp before, and the, especially the ones that haven't been to camp before. So when I'm selecting my games, um, I do I do kind of two things. One, I think about keeping it low stakes so that a camper doesn't have to overly perform, but it gives everyone a place within the game. And I'll and I know that seems kind of metaphorical. Um, I'll give you my second one, then I'll give you an example that ties all this together. So. low stakes, camper doesn't have to perform, but it gives everyone a role and a place um, so that it's not just the kids who are are extrovert and experienced from camp, um, a a, a chance to do things or to use their voice Um, and being careful in the games and activities that I choose that they prevent early cliques and existing friendships from taking priority. So I'm not doing games where I'm separating them into like small groups. And if I am, I am choosing those groups in a in a fun way. I'm not not doing it to make them the kids or experienced feel bad about being experienced, but I'm choosing those groups very intentionally. Um, and you should make sure you ask your camp. A lot of camps do like good to knows or give you like the the heads up on a camper history, making sure that you know that going into these is really important so you know what kind of games. But one of my go-tos that is a little performy, but it is very low stakes, is called uh, Ripple. And I think I've talked about it on, um, on First Class Counselors before. Essentially, you're standing in a circle and um, everyone gets a chance to say their name. And the only thing you need to do at a minimum is say your name or you can say your name and do an action associated with it. So I might, I could say Matt, or I could like slam the ground like a doormat and say Matt. And then around in the circle, everybody says my name and does the same action. And that's as simple as it is. It goes Matt, 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 with everyone doing the same action. And that's it. The next person who goes, they say their name and they do their action. They don't have to go back and say my name or remember anything like that. There are games where you can do that kind of progression. But again, this is low stakes. So it's, And then everybody is saying that person's name and getting the pronunciation right. You as the leader have a really good opportunity here that if someone has a tough name to pronounce, you you stop and you make sure it's pronounced correctly. That people are, are doing that and honoring that person's name. What Robin said about names is 100% right. But then you have, if there's 10 campers, you have at least 10 times where you're hearing that person's name and doing a fun action if they want to do it. So Ripple is one of my absolute go-tos for this first five minutes because you get a little action, you get names in there, and it's, it's a good start.
2: That's awesome. I like how you opened up with talking about preventing those early clicks and the existing friendships, right? Like making sure that, you know, those campers who are returning aren't just going to run right back to their old friend. They will. They want to see their old friend. That's totally all right. But now you have kind of control in the game. You can give that opportunity for them to meet new people in the cabin and really enforce that, like, hey, remember last year when you made that friend? Well, hey, guess what? You have to make this friend this year. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's super important. And going into like kind of some of my talking points is I do want to think about that returning camper, right? Like a lot of our conversation today is about trying to get those like first time campers you know, welcomed into camp, but you gotta understand, probably about five kids in your cabin, typically or more, might be returning kids who've been to mm-hmm. camp before. Mm-hmm. They want to see old friends, they want to do the old fashioned camp things. They're off to the races, ready to go for what they remember from last year, because they have all these highlights and you need to find kind of a way to reel them in. And these icebreakers are a great way to be able to do that. Show them like, oh yeah, like we're gonna play the game that you loved last year, or we're gonna play a game, a new one that you can be excited about um, but getting them on pace, but also recognizing them, right? Like making sure that like, when they come up, you can be like, hi, it's so nice to see you again, Robin. Like it, how did you have a great year? Um, being able to say their name or something like that. Mm-hmm. Maybe you yeah. didn't have them in your cabin last year, or maybe you don't have an idea, but maybe, you know, they're a returning camper and that's all you need to know off the bat. It's just, Hey, it's so nice to see you back at camp this year. I can't wait to be your counselor um, and all this kind of stuff. Cause sometimes those kids are really vocal and they might be like, Robin, my counselor last year was Matt and Matt was the best. I was the best <laughs> counselor ever. And I don't want another counselor. So really this is not going to work between us. <laughs> I'm going to go and ask for, right? Like I think we've all had those campers before and you're just like, okay, okay, okay. Well let's have the first day together and we'll go from there. Um, so just note that those returning campers are going to be a little bit different. you got to be ready for them, their excitement and that huge level of momentum they're going to come in with because they've been in the car for an hour, two hours, you know, excited to get to camp. It It's going to explode as soon as they see their favorite friends and counselors from last year. So mm-hmm. um, my big advice though, when you're leading these games, doing these icebreakers, try not to be the main speaker, be the main listener, right? So ask the questions, let them respond. Um, the biggest game that I love is Wind in the Willows. You make a circle. Someone stands in the middle. They say something about themselves. If they share that category with somebody else, those people will cross the circle and try and find another spot to stand in the circle. And that person will find another spot. There will be one person remaining. They get to introduce a new point. Simple things like, I like pizza. I play soccer. I like... um. I like slinkies, whatever it might be Um, gives them a reason to move. And then they get moving and they can maybe see someone, they have something similar with as they move across. Um, And then to mark their spots in the circle, depending on where you're standing, you can use different items like their shoes or their backpack or something like that. Something that they probably won't trip over, but can still be there. And then one thing that I do like to do with my campers in the first five minutes is have them make decisions as a group. Very simple decisions. Hey, Do you guys want to do our activity over here in the shade? All right, cool. Let's go over there. Um, But ask them the questions so they have to make the decisions. Or uh, do you guys want to go um, this direction for the tour towards the waterfront? Or do you want to go towards the dining hall first? These are easy things that you can adapt in how you're spending those first five minutes with them or that first hour with them. But it allows them to make their choice, right? It allows them to set, come together as a unit, know that they have a voice within the cabin, and that they can make those simpler, easy decisions that you can adapt to and work with them on. And it also shows that you're willing to listen, you're willing to work with them, um, and that the cabin is a unit that comes together. So those are some of the things that I really like to do in the first five minutes. But now five minutes is over. You're you're in camp. 5 We're in the post five minutes you started to introduce you got to know their names (laughs) now you have to kind of start setting the precedent for what your cabin culture is going to be right They, they saw little drops now you gotta give them a glass of water so um let's see we started with robin last time matt i'm gonna put you under the bus and take over what are you what are you doing with those post five minutes
1: I appreciate you giving me giving me the mic Oliver Robin's one here is gonna be the main one I'm just gonna slip in a quick point and then let Robin take over because Robin has the ultimate tip and trick that the three of us agreed needs to be said but I, I think Oliver you said time when you aren't the leader that's kind of what I was gonna say here too like give give the the leadership up ship up a little bit give kids like some time. Two. And and maybe, maybe this, I think Robin's gonna, I would suggest go for what Robin's gonna tell you and then give them some time to like unpack and set up. Um, go over the the camp schedule for the week. Let them ask questions. Give experienced campers like a platform. Maybe, maybe you have thought about your bunks and you have like a if, if your bunks are like this, you have an experienced kid next to a a new camper as much as you can try to facilitate that that's kind of a cool idea that they can ask questions to each other about the camp schedule or what's going on you could do like a get to know you bingo sheet where the kids you know as you're unpacking go around and ask them these questions and see how many you can get checked off the list just time where they can kind of do their their thing and it's also a good experience after these five minutes to give the experienced campers some kind of a, a platform um making sure that they're sharing positive things and um not just like the way we did it last year and how it has to be and and those kinds of things but there's ways that you can kind of give them the stage um intentionally and i think answering campers questions that they have is a, a kind of a cool way to do it as well that's all i got for this i love
2: no, I love it, and, and, and it's going back to that. They're they're starting to become decision makers, right? And we're yeah. allowing them to become their own little leaders within the cabin, um, within within that framing. Um, I'll quickly get mine out of the way because I'm going to let Robin just kind of <laughs> drop the mic when she's done. <laughs> okay, go from um, but this is definitely something I've talked about on the show before. Um, they're called Maslow sheets. They are essentially this: the questions of essentials. Right? Do you have your toothbrush? Do you have your bedding? Do you have all this That's handled in the first five minutes, right? Um, But there are parts of that Maslow sheet that are designed that they go past that five minutes. So what is something you learned about your camper within, you know, that first hour, that first day, so that when you're done with your Maslow sheet and you go and hand it to your leadership staff member, right, you get to say, oh, I learned that they um, are scared of the dark, so we're going to have a small nightlight for them. Or I learned that um, they don't really like the toothpaste their mom or dad gave them. Um, so they might want to try a different one while they're here at camp, whatever it might be, right. You get to learn something. It's that little word vomit that maybe a camper says in that first little bit that they're at camp mm-hmm. and that allows you to do something for your camp or think about your camper in a way. And it shows that you're learning about them, but also, and this is the most important part of the Maslow sheet. It's really your first kind of promise to your campers, right? You found out earlier that maybe they came to camp and they totally, totally forgot a pillow, Right. Now it's your job to say, hey, I'm going to get you that pillow. We're going to find a way to make sure you have things you need um, while you're here at camp. So you go, you give that sheet to your coordinator. You make sure that they get you that pillow, that leadership staff members, because you're going to still be watching your kids and being a counselor. They come back, they give you the pillow. You give that to your camper, right? You show them that you can be the provider, the caregiver while they're here at camp. You fulfill those first promises of the basic needs that your camper needs, you're there for them and you're showing that that support because that kid is going to be appreciative of that, of that pillow, of that missing toothbrush, of um that extra sheet that maybe they forgot. They forgot like a fitted sheet or something, right? Um, those little things that your know, camper might not end up having, you can provide. And therefore, when they look at you, they go, Oh, this person's actually here for me. They they're willing to get me the things I need in order for me to be comfortable and happy here at camp. And there's the difference between this and maybe saying like, hey, guys, make sure you're filling up your water bottles today is the sometimes filling up your water bottle feels like a chore, right? This is you providing a need for them. And that is really instrumental in the first like hour of them being at camp or first evening of them being at camp is for you to show, hey, look, I care about you and the way that you're going to be comfortable here. Like not everybody else came with a pillow you didn't I was able to find you the one that you need. You can be just as comfortable as everybody else. And that's really important to us, right? Mm -hmm. So um, I think that's really important. And um, the last thing is just making sure that you're doing some fun stuff with them. Maybe start a challenge for them that might go for the whole week, right? Like who can stack these blocks the highest? Who can throw this frisbee to hit this tree? Um, I like something that's usually like challenging. Like, And when they finally get it, maybe on like day three or four, everyone just goes crazy. It's like, John actually did it. John hit the tr- the, fr- the tree with the Frisbee from 50 yards away or whatever. And it's just a celebration of the cabin. Uh, so I think those are great things to have that your cabin will bond over and hold strong to for the whole week. Um, and, and that they can see that it uh, that they can work together on it, maybe. So those are some of my favorites. All right. I'm talking too much. It's time for a mic drop. Robin, the expectations are high
0: show us what you do <laughs> yeah absolutely i i will say that uh yeah at the at the beginning matt and oliver and i all Knew that this was one of the things that we all do because it's so important. So while I'm saying it, this is definitely a a collective of ideas and and something that we all value highly. Uh, And that is to create a cabin contract or a set of cabin agreements with your campers together. In the first hour that you are spending with your kids, just you as the counselor and them as the campers, this, like Matt said off the beginning, the intentionality, this is your opportunity to set the expectation of this is what we're going to. This is what camp is going to be like, right? This is what we're going to do together. This is how we're going to live together. Um, This is how we're going to treat one another. And it's important to say that explicitly so that there is no guessing. Um, It's this... This is a set of contracts and set of commitments that we are all articulating and making together. I like to have a piece of poster paper, something that we write them out on and have it in the cabin so that we can refer to it. It it is like a contract or a commitment. Um, And uh, just like we've been saying also, giving kids the chance to be able to contribute what they want uh, as well, leading from the middle and being able to have this be a collective um, assignment as, as a cabin group. So... The way that I like to do this is, again, we kind of sit down and say, great, we've had some fun and we are going to be spending all week together and we want it to be the best week that we can make it. And one of the ways that we can do that is make sure that uh, we have a set of commitments that we make to each other about how we treat one another. So what we're going to do is we're going to go around the circle and each contribute a rule or an idea uh, of how we can make a commitment to one another uh, to treat each other well and to make sure that we have uh, the best week of camp that we can. And always give them permission to pass as well, uh, mm-hmm. because that's an important part uh, of especially that first day when they're they're not fully certain. So I would recommend going around the circle at least twice so that if a kid passes the first time, then they have the opportunity to say a rule the next time. And it's just going around and being able to um, establish commitments. And so uh, some of the, the big ones that you as a counselor would want to make sure that you say are things like, you know, whatever your camp rules or values are, those are important to make sure that they're on there somewhere. So, uh, you know, we're we're being kind to one another and uh, at Karen, we have the four S's. So we're practicing safety, stewardship, servanthood and self-esteem and everything we do. Those sorts of things. Then kids can also say things like, you know, uh, our bunks are our own spaces and and you can't go on someone else's bunk unless they give you permission or something like that, right? So it, it gives them the opportunity to share that. Um. I think it's also important when we talk about um about the cabin rules uh to to poke a little bit you know because kids sometimes get silly about it or, or you know there's always the the opportunity for some silliness and that's okay um but uh asking prompting questions so if it seems like there's um some silence or or there's you know one of the ones that seems to be really common at the at uh, at our camp is that if you fart, then you have to do something, right? The kids think farts are funny, and so it often makes it <laughs> into the cabin contract. So that's great. Yes, you can have a rule about farting in there, but what else, right? So um, maybe after you go around uh, the circle of first time. And uh, and there's kind of more silly rules Then reframe the question and say, OK, um, how what happens? Uh, well, how do we want to have our space here in the cabin? What are some things that we think are important to talk about with it within our space? Uh, how do we make decisions together as a cabin um, and ask some of those prompting questions to kind of get uh, get the level of commitment that you're looking for? Uh-huh. I also recommend that it's important that uh, you talk about what happens if we break these rules, because we're creating uh-huh. a set of rules. Okay, so what does that look like uh, if we break the rules? And it, it will happen, right? So if you talk about it together as a cabin, then you're able to establish that together as a group as well. And kids are able to kind of put in their uh, their two cents about what that, um what that could be or you know is there we talked about the authoritarian or or de- democratic systems or those sorts of things earlier on but yeah is it that the kid is going to get in trouble in some capacity likely not right mm-hmm. um, i would say what i would say in uh, when talking about uh this is something along the lines of like sometimes if we're frustrated or tired or sad or excited we might break some of these rules and that's going to happen at some points through the week but that's okay because we're still learning about how to live in community with one another mm-hmm. and we've said in some of our previous rules that you know we want to treat each other with kindness. And part of that is assuming the best intentions in everyone. So if one of these rules is broken, then we are going to have a problem solving meeting with anyone who is involved in that. And uh, if someone breaks a cabinet rule, then um, you know, what, what do you think should be involved in that problem solving meeting? Okay. We'll probably asking them what, you know, what happened. Okay. what happened from the other person's perspective? Okay. So, and then maybe have some sort of solution that we come to together as to what Thank we're going to do going forward. And so having that, happen there it sets the kids up for success because they know these are the expectations this is what happens if we don't follow the expectations and then it gives you as the counselor the opportunity to also set yourself up for success so that when these conflicts inevitably come up later in the week you're like all right I've already got my script perfect we talked about this the kids know what's happening Uh, and then you can go through and say hey we're going to have a problem solving meeting because we broke one of the rules of our cabin contract let's solve this problem together. Mm -hmm. And it gives that often avenue um, to access conflict management and to hold those accountability uh, Mm -hmm. pieces, those standards um, throughout the course of the rest of your week.
1: And I mean, what what a great opportunity for. Kids to take ownership of of the, their their experience at camp, um, and I, I think you might have you might have said this kind of offhand, but I, I think a pretty common practice for me is the kids sign it and I sign it mm-hmm. too. I'm it's not a legally binding document, but they don't know that. Um, and then like their signatures are up on the wall with this with this contract that that is their own it doesn't have to look any specific way, but that that act of like I'm I'm committing to this kind of thing and it's a great lesson in consent and and you know. When, as you're building it, you're saying, like, is this something that everyone that you feel comfortable agreeing to. And you can teach them like the green light, yellow light, red light system of like, I fully agree, light, I fully agree to this yellow light. I have some questions or I'm okay with it, but I'm not kind of sure of it. And red light is no, I, I don't want this on our cabin contract. Cause that's not, I don't agree to this. And it might spark a really good discussion about why some people there could be some cultural differences that you, you parse out from this. But I think in terms of the ownership and the consent building, um, I think it's one of the most powerful things that we can do with with a group of kids and especially right off the start
2: yeah no i i think cabin contracts it's such an important thing to do on that first day um and even as robin was talking i was thinking all right here are the other things that i would add contracts <laughs> because we could do a whole episode about it matt like maybe we do it later but yeah um i really i really like to make sure that my campers walk away with a way to evaluate if they're following the contracts, so we can come back and check on it right um, mm-hmm. so like much like we do like a cabin and cleaning, um, chart or chore chart, um, we have like evaluation, like how do we know that we're actually being kind or respectful to each other? So it, it's teaching them how to set a goal of what that looks like. So, you know, if my campers are giving me really simple answers of, um, we're going to be kind to each other. I'm like, okay, cool. What does kind look like mm-hmm. to us? What are the actual actions and words that we use? And then how do we make sure that we're doing them? Right. Um, it's the classic, um, kindergarten uh, sticker um, chart that you know teachers do so that campers can actually look up and see like, oh, I am following something. It may not be your method, but something along the way so campers can recognize their progress of following their contract. Um, and then the other thing is, I think, Rami, you talked about, you know, what do you do when a camper does break the contract, right? Those things are going to happen. Um, I always like to mention to my kids, hey, there are natural repercussions, right? When somebody... Does something that breaks these rules? There's things that we're gonna have to suffer from. Like even if we have the rule of don't walk into the cabin with your shoes on, right? The natural repercussion is well, now we got to clean up our mess, right? Um, we knew that this was gonna happen, so let's get to it. Let's clean up what what we kind of messed up. And then the last thing, and one of my favorite things to do with my campers, um, and I've definitely mentioned on the show before, is quick contracts. You have this big thing that you put up on the wall, and you say, hey, these are the things that we're gonna follow together. But what's our contract for how we're going to hold ourselves and how do we say that, do that and understand it all the time on camp. So like, I still remember my quick contract from elementary school, which is we would hold up our hands and we would go today. I promise to be prepared, safe, responsible, respectful, and kind. (laughs) It's the easiest thing in the world, right? Um, There is an amazing Ted talk with a woman who, um, is a teacher and she has her kids have say an amazing speech, um, which I will not riff off right now because I've definitely put it in show notes before. This is definitely advice I've, I've given, but um, have your kids not only put this contract up on the wall, but have them come up with that quick contract so that you can mm-hmm. say, roll call your kids and say, Hey, you guys, what do we promise to, do- promise to be today? They put their hands up in the air and they can say a quick contract, or um, maybe they put their like fist on their chest or something like that. And they're like today, I promise to be a strong person, a helpful person, a good person, a wholesome person, right? Whatever it might be, but make it quick to the point, And that your campers say mm-hmm. every morning, every day, whatever it might be. And reminds them of that contract that you guys put up on the wall. So that contract isn't just in the cabin. It's wherever your kids go in the world. So they can take it home, take it around camp and all those good things too. Mm-hmm. Um, and That's contracts, Robin, but I know you got more in that bucket. So please, please, please keep it going.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think that uh, if we're talking about kind of that first time that you're with your cabin, Matt kind of alluded to this, but depending on how your camp is structured, sometimes that happens right away. You know, uh, caregivers drop their kids off and then it's you. Um, other times it may not be till that evening when you're going to bed. Uh, so there may be, you know, a short period of time or a long period of time. Um, at, at Cairn, where I'm the camp director, we have a full hour after dinner that is the time for uh, the cabin to just spend time getting to know another and do these sort of things. And so the cabin contract, while it's really important and is something that that everyone does every week, there's more time than that, you know. So you that might be a 10, 15, 20, depending on how long your kids are are chatting for. Um, but then there's still more time before they're going to their next activity. So I have a couple of of suggestions for kind of how how to make use of that time. I think some of the most important things to do during that first hour that you're with your kids are build relationships with campers, build rapport as a counselor with your campers and provide information so that they build their comfort and security as to what's going on. So one of the things that I think helps achieve this is um, creating something together. And so I would recommend having a project or something that you can collaborate on creating together as a cabin group uh, that maybe that you're going to use later on. I lo- Oliver, I loved your idea of those like quick challenges of like, all right. And just so you know, if anyone can get this done by the end of the week, kudos to you, I'll I'll give you a solid crisp high five. Um, but other things that uh, kind of like that... Um, But or an activity, I think that after, especially after talking and maybe having like a sit in a circle sort of uh, time that you've had with your while you're creating your cabin contract, it's important to. have a movement break to think about again matt was saying those other types of kids right some kids could sit in a circle for a really long time and other kids are just getting squirrely and need to move um so i would recommend uh collaborating on creating something that you're going to use or refer to throughout the week or if you have uh, a cabin theme or something like that that you're going to be exploring then setting the stage for that so whether that's you're creating a cabin name or a cabin origin story or a flag or a banner or something like that but we're All the kids and the counselors, um, you could all work on this together. And then this is going to be your flag that you carry around. And each place that you go to, you know, you add a piece to your flag over the course of the week or... Mm um, building a fort in an area close to the cabin. And this is going to be your cabin headquarters. And this is where you're going to receive your information about your tasks for each of the day, but we can't have that in the cabin because we all know that there's some suspicious bugging that could potentially be here in the cabin. So it needs to be a more secret pop secret headquarters. So, you know, if it goes along with whatever your theme is or your activity, um, and it gets kids doing something and doing something together. And we talked about that with some of our games as well, but if they're building something or creating something, um, that has a purpose and it just builds those relationships with one another um, through doing, as opposed to just talking, it gives a new avenue for that relationship building and for you to have those little one-on-one side moments with your kids. So, If you're building a fort outside your cabin, that's going to be your headquarters Then you can lean over to the kid. That's kind of standing off the back and be like, Hmm, how can we make this comfier? I feel like we need some comfort here. What? Oh, okay. And you know, it brings the kid in or, or uh, complimenting someone's idea or yes. Anding, you know, giving a compliment and building on someone else's idea and facilitating those conversations. So I would recommend um, doing something that is more active, uh, potentially even outside of your cabin space during that first time as well. And my, my key tip is plan a bathroom break before you go to the next activity. This seems like a little one, but kids are going to need to go to the bathroom at some point. And so if you can use that as an opportunity um, to make sure that it's not right before the next activity is going to be happening and then you're going to be late for the next activity. Or uh, you can also use it as a as a bit of a segue or a transition. So um, kids sometimes need to go to the bathroom because they're uncomfortable or they're bored or they're tuning out of the activity. So if they come to you and say, can I go to the bathroom? And it's still in the middle of the activity, you could say, yes, actually, we were just about to go to the bathrooms all together, so we can show everyone where the bathrooms are. So we're just going to finish this up and then we're all going to go to the bathrooms together. So then instead of one kid Kind of sidling away to the bathroom to get out of their uncomfortable situation then it's something that you're turning to be intentional and do it all together uh, and then as you go to the bathroom then you can do a mini site tour say hey this is again i care our cabins are away from the bathrooms that most kids use so you can say okay this is the most direct way to get from our cabin um to the bathrooms at the lodge and also, provide that information at the bathroom. This is where we're going to brush our teeth every night. Um, this is when we're going to shower. This is how we shower. If it's a teen cabin they might want to shower more often, these are the times that you can also shower. Anyways, you can take that whole act of going to the bathroom and turn it into uh, providing some of that key information in an experiential way, as opposed to just listing a set of things that are going to be happening later on and talk about the schedule or you know incorporate other things into that and it gives a physical movement break so plan a bathroom break within your first hour as well Mm
2: -hmm. i like um i i wrote down cabin lore um you know what's the origin story of your cabin i love that because you could just have fun with it each session or you know even start it and i even got the idea as a camp director for any camp directors might listen to the podcast is I think I'm just going to buy like guest books and kind of style them up for each cabin. And then every kid signs a guest book for each cabin. Oh, That's you cool. Look at who's lived in the, every cabin. You literally take it out on check in day. They sign in each kid, close that book at the end of the day, bring it back, put it in the office. Mm. You just hold on to it every year and the kids can come back and see Hey, who stayed in this cabin 10 years that's ago. So fun. super easy, man. And and then you can even put that origin story on the front page, right? Like, oh, mm-hmm. well, someone opens the book and it just says, like, "We of Eagle Cabin have been here since da 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 da," right? And
1: yeah, what a um, fun activity you like you could do with your cabin too at the end of the week to wrap up that you get to write the story that goes in the guest book for the next cabin and you could say like this was our favorite part or this is our pro tip this is the best bunk um this is the best way to get to the bathroom from our ca-. like I-, I think that that's such a neat um idea that i wasn't expecting from this episode
2: <laughs> yeah just like a little the little letter you know how sometimes camps will or if, if- some camps will do it. They write a letter to next year's staff or write a letter to themselves for next summer. And then they can open it up. Same thing just for the kids. Why haven't we done it? Why Why
1: haven't we done it? That's
2: right. Ugh. (laughs) But you know what? we get better every day. That's where we're here. We're first class, you know? All right. right. (laughs) Well, let's talk about (laughs) things that don't work. Obviously not having a guest book in your cabins is one of them. (laughs) So we're all going to be hopping on that train pretty soon. But, um, let's talk about what doesn't work. Um, Ramen, kick us off uh, and let us know some of the things that you know just uh, are no-nos on the first day.
0: Yeah, I think one that we've already talked about a little bit um, is leading from in front as opposed to from within the group, especially with, within the first hour. Um, people notice that, right? Kids are looking to, you. we've already talked about that, um, but kids also match your actions and energy. And so when you're standing at the front and uh, if you're leading a game or something like that, but not are, But you're not part of the game, then that gives permission for kids to also look at what you're doing and stand with you as well, as opposed to fully engaging and participating. You can role model with your actions by, by getting in and playing, by being one of the people involved, um, that this is what it looks like to be engaged and to be fun. Uh, and when when those counselors are doing it, you bet that even the shy kid or even the, you know, too cool for camp sort of kid on day one, uh, they get to start to buy in there as well. And I think that my second one is giving kids too much choice. Oliver, I, I like what you said about giving them an opportunity to um, make a decision and this is not that. So I want to clarify that giving them up the opportunity to make a decision and have ownership and accountability over their experience is big thumbs up. Asking kids what they want to do because you're not intentional and don't have a plan is not an out mm-hmm. for this first time. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, but it, like it can look nice, you know and that's the tricky thing about this one. It's like looks like you're being considering getting their opinion of like, okay, like what do you want to do right now? They don't know. It's their week of mm-hmm. camp. It's day one. It's the first hour. They don't know what yeah. the options are, right? They don't right. know what it's okay to do. If it's their first time, I don't know. Can we go swimming right now? Oh, no, sorry. We can't do that. Okay. Well, can we go on the zip line? No, sorry. And then you're telling the kid no, because they don't know, right? So, um, I think that, uh, under planning and using the kid, asking the kids what they want to do as kind of a cop out of, of having an intentional first hour. Um, it may sound nice, but it may not actually work out so well. And you know that it's not going to be intentional because who's the leader now? A seven year old. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
2: Feel, feels like a God, just the seven-year-old charge all his friends. <laughs> I am the puppeteer.
1: You know, the, <laughs> I think like kindergartners on recess. In recess, yeah. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: all right. I, uh, Matt, do you want to take take it off?
1: Yeah, I can't stop thinking of the kindergartners. Um, if you haven't seen the show Recess, that's my like, egg for this one, is go watch Recess on Netflix. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, uh Yes. I think don't make it up on the spot is my biggest thing. Like that's what doesn't work. Trying to improvise. I often like, um, I think, you know, Robin and Oliver and I, we've been working in camp like 10 plus years at this point, like, if we need to improvise, we've kind of like earned our stripes in being able to improvise, but I still don't improvise like this first impression with the kids. I really think about it. I'll take a walk um, before camp starts and I'll think about that. I, I think about it with the staff all the time. When the staff come to camp, I definitely am thinking about, you know, what, what, what our first impression is going to be. Um, so this isn't one thing you, you can improvise. Um, the other thing is along with kind of the bathroom break, which is an amazing tip is, um, don't do so much that you're going to be late. Also like don't over program that time. Like you shouldn't like be trying to keep them to like a rigid schedule. You should be intentional. Like these are the activities I want to do, but you want to let it kind of ebb and flow with how the kids are feeling about things, but don't be late. Um, and, and it's not just because like your camp director or the program director doesn't want you to be late. I think it's, again, if we're thinking about setting the tone or the impression for the week, um, Being late is not a tone that you want. You want to have because there are going to be times when you need to get to things, or else kids are going to miss out. And you can explain that to them. This is why it's important because we want to get food at the right temperature. We want to make sure everyone has a turn at the activities later. There's lots of reasons why being on time is important. But you again can do this without being a dictator of of like the time. You can do the time honored traditions of giving them time warnings. Okay, we have about ten more minutes with this activity, and then we need to be out of the cabin and giving them the information that they need. um, Like you're going to need your shoes, you're going to need your sandals, or you'll need your bathing suit, or make sure you pack your, um, you're giving them these steps, make sure you have sunscreen on, if if that's what they need for those times and you're giving them time to do those things. So it doesn't feel like every transition is a rush. Right. And if you, If you don't treat that time with respect, then it's going to be a pain in the butt. You're going to be like, get out the door, let's get going. We're going to be late. We're going to be late. And that's not the impression you want to set at the cabin either. Um, And make transitions and getting to and from places, make that something to look forward to. Make it fun and part of the action. We did a whole episode. um, I think it's called Terrific Transitions. I'll link to it in the show notes um, about how to get. From A to B, really fun, but that this is the perfect time to try that out Make it part of your of your sequence of games and activities that hey we 've ended the fun at the moment when the next thing at camp starts, so that you can just like pass off this like excited group um, of campers who are ready to listen to whoever is facilitating the next thing or. If it's bedtime, you're facilitating that easy transition into your bedtime routine um, from this moment. But again, it's about intentionally thinking about the start and the very end of it as well.
2: No, oh, yeah, all good times. I think the thing that you hit on really uh, is that timing aspect that I think is so important. You you need to know that the things that are simple and easy to do are going to take longer, especially at the beginning of the week. in this, yeah. this first, you know, hour, this first day, this first evening, right? The first time that kids need to go to showers is the craziest time at camp. If you have a bathhouse, right? Even if you have a shower in the cabin, right? It's still like, okay, whose turn is it? Whose turn is it? Okay. Okay. Right. So know that your timings on even the simplest of things are going to take a lot longer in that first day, even doing like a tour around camp, Right. Just hitting the central spots, it's usually a first day thing a lot of camps will have you do is like, this is where flagpole is. This is where the dining hall is. This is the waterfront. Let's go do our swim tests, right? There's a lot of things that are going to be going through that kid's mind the first time, a lot of new experiences that are going to go through. Understand, like add extra five, 10 minutes to whatever it might be, knowing that it's going to take a little bit of extra where the kid is just going, wait, what do I need to have in my backpack right now? Do I need my bathing suit? No, we're going to dinner. I don't need my bathing suit. I can put that back, right? These simple things that they'll find out on day two or three, um, or they'll, sorry, they'll be functioning at a, at day two or three. But for you, where you know, you prepared, you're ready for this, you need to understand that they, they're, they're going to take a little bit more time. And then you need to be ready for the kids who are ready, right? Like, how do you keep that conversation going with those kids as you're waiting for that one other kid to kind of catch up? How do you help that other kid catch up while keeping these kids entertained? So timing is a huge thing. For me, I think one of the big things is don't make promises you can't keep. Um, that's a it's a horrible thing. I think a lot of counselors might do in the first day, right? Is like, oh yeah, yeah, we're definitely going to go on the giant swing. Yeah, we're going to swim every day. Um, we're gonna um, we're gonna go horseback riding. And you're saying that to a six year old, like, and we're probably not getting on a horse this week. A six year old, like, mm, depending on your camp, maybe your camp does that. But I I know the camps that I've worked at, usually you're about ten before you get on a horse. Um, so, like, understand that where you're allowed to make promises and where you should take a step back and go, yeah, uh, um, I let me find out if we can do that first, right? Don't don't make those promises. I actively avoid making promises uh, because I don't want to, like, hurt somebody by saying, like, oh, yeah, totally, we're going to do that. I have no idea. But um, the nice thing is when you become an executive director, just for all the counselors, I think you get to make promises that other people can't like you should promise the <laughs> cabin uh 10 Chaco tacos um you know if they pick up a thousand pieces of trash on camp and then all of a sudden camp is clean and it only costs you 10 Chaco tacos right like <laughs> great days as camp right
1: although
2: although i will say this live uh, if anybody does not know this the Chaco taco is discontinued this year so um, they have a higher value. So in mm-hmm. fact, if I was to make the promise of giving chocolate tacos, I would not be able to fulfill that promise. So, um, we're going to, uh, chip witches. That's going to be the new promised uh, okay. treat. Always ice cream. It's the best. Um, all right. <laughs> so those are the things you just don't do. All right. Especially in those first, that first day, that first hour or two with your kids. So, um, Oh, I did have one actually. Last thing I want to say: still look presentable. Looking presentable on day one is not just for the uh, parents when they check in. Look presentable throughout the whole day. Show that you have collected yourself. You can hold yourself presentable to your kids. Um, if you start to fall apart by like six o'clock or something like that, or you know a few hours after the kids are there, then the, the, the kids are going to start to go, "Oh, oh, they're just putting up a facade." There, this is you can become a natural human being um, with due course and time. Um, but you do know you're you're putting on a face a little bit more on that first day to show your kids that you have confidence, you're confident, and that um, they can trust you. And I think that's really important. Hmm. Um, so, like you know, don't um, don't like I don't know, start like tying up a, your shirt around like your chest or whatever, or you know, disheveling your hair. Or one big one for me is sunglasses. I'm a very big person on keeping your sunglasses up to make eye contact with people Huge. instead of covering it. Yeah. Trust blockers and all this. Like, don't, like don't have the parents disappear and then all of a sudden sunglasses go down whenever you're talking to kids, right? Like obviously sun protection important. I'm not taking that away but on the first day, like really limit the amount of time that you have your sunglasses over your eyes. Uh-huh. And I, I'm saying that from Florida. <laughs> all right. Great show, but it's not done yet. Because we all know there's one last thing that first-class counselors always need, and that is their eggle, which is their ever-growing, ever-learning. It's a trick, a tip, a game, a song for counselors to use to become better every single day. And uh, to show it, um, show us how it's done, uh, Matt, can you kick us off and tell us uh, your eggle?
1: Oh, okay. I am doing this in the, if you're listening to this after release, I'm, I'm, uh, we're December 12th right now. And it is, we're getting to camp interview season. And as interviews are happening more and more over zoom these days, um, I think a lot of people would would know, and if you don't know this, kind of one of the norms of interviews is that you wanna make eye contact with your interviewer. You wanna do your best to, to maintain that eye contact. And if you're watching the video right now, it should look like I'm making eye contact with you the listeners out there or the the viewers out there. And the way that I'm doing that is I'm looking at my webcam. I'm looking right here, right at that front. So it makes it look like I'm making eye contact. And it doesn't mean that you can't have notes. We, We have show notes that you can probably see us glancing down to every once in a while. But when I'm really trying to make an impression or really make a point or connect with something emotionally, I'm looking at my webcam. And it is the weirdest and hardest thing ever because your guests, the people you're looking at are actually. On Zoom, but even if I like arrange my Zoom screen, what I'm doing right now, and i like looking at Robin, I'm looking at Robin right now. But you can tell that I'm not making eye contact. I'm a little bit lower, so that um, that kind of impression. And like even the placement, Oliver was r- reminding me that like w- when we when we set up for the podcast, we all like raise our laptops up a little bit so that the webcam is facing kind of coming down, or at least that you're at eye level of it. You don't want to be under, you don't want to be over top of your webcam. Like if it was on your lap, you want to have your kind of, your impression curated um, where you're at. And it doesn't mean that it has to be perfect. You don't have to like spend a million dollars on your like backdrop and, or do a virtual one. You, you can choose to do that or not, but it is important how you show up um, in, in that interview. And one of the easiest things is working on whatever your notes and you need to do have them nearby but try your best to look at your webcam. And a way that can help with that that I had to do when I was first doing podcasts was I had a little sticky note that I had an arrow written on it and I would stick it to the top of my laptop that would point an arrow at the webcam so that I always remembered um to look at the webcam rather than to look at my notes down there. I know that I know someone out there um, I'm not going to name names, but they have they have a thing that says, look here, you idiot, on their sticky note pointing to the webcam so that they never forget. So whatever works, look at your webcam.
2: Yeah. I, you, I think we'll do a show about interviews soon enough, but I mean, nightmare interviews as a camp director now, you know, uh, lounging on the couch in a loud area, going through an airport, right? All uh, horror stories, but um, you definitely if you're not looking, you can definitely tell that yep. your focus is maybe somewhere else or it feels somewhere else at the very For least. sure. Yep. All right. Uh, Robin uh, is off. What do you, what do you have? What's your angle? How are we going to improve?
0: Yeah, one of my favorite tips that I learned from an experienced counselor, uh, shout out to Glarez for this one, um, <laughs> is to carry a garbage bag around with you in your backpack as a counselor. Um, it can just be like a, you know, a a bag that you got at the grocery store or something like that. It doesn't need to be anything fancy. I think that she uses a Ziploc bag, um, but just something that can collect garbage when you're walking around camp. Inevitably, when you work with children, especially the younger ones, they hand you things right? You are the adult. And so you get the, you are the recipient of dandelions and flower chains, and also <laughs> their leftover juice box once they're finished with it. So having a place wherever you are uh, on site at camp to be able to put that garbage and have it in your backpack, but so that the juice box doesn't get sticky all inside your bag. So have that bag. And then as a bonus tip, you also have a garbage bag. So that if you're walking around camp, looking for a couple minutes to fill, then what are you doing? Oh, let's just help camp out. I have this garbage bag in my backpack. Kids, let's see how many garbage pieces of garbage we can pick up in the three minutes from now until when the dinner bell rings. Ready, go, and then you have a disposal unit
1: for it. So, carry around a garbage bag, and it's a waterproof vessel, too. Right? If if you if it starts raining all of a sudden, you can just throw your crap in there and it's at least waterproof for now. Yeah, um, if needed, throw your crap, or if a kid forgot their rain jacket, you can throw it over top of them as long as there's no garbage in it. That's
0: funny. yeah, yeah. (laughs)
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. I don't know if you've ever been like on a camp out and you need to bring a rain jacket. Uh, and all of a sudden you get a downpour of rain. You just take a trash bag, put it over your head, and you just sit there like a little turtle, just waiting for the rain to pass. Perfect. But, Great. but
1: first but first class counselors don't use garbage bags as raincoats. Let's be very clear no. about that. Don't take your camp garbage bags. Get a raincoat from the, if you the, like, the medic station has an extra one for kids and you get a good raincoat. You've heard us say that as many times. Don't use a garbage bag as a raincoat, for God's sakes
0: saying a, a pinch, in a pinch.
1: yeah yeah <laughs> uh
2: no um actually rob i um have had this great idea so um if anybody's a climber um you know go to the gyms and stuff you have the little chalk bags put mm-hmm. an old um like grocery bag inside of your chalk bag and then it can actually zip shut so um you don't have Garbage spilling everywhere, but it can actually hang on the back side of your backpack as you walk around. It's small. You're not going to carry, you know, big pieces of trash, but all those little bits, right? The little yeah. bits make a little world cleaner. Um, you can use that as a as a nice little carrying case for your garbage bag and then um, replace it as you go through throughout the day. Um, but I do love that. Um my little uh uh my little eggle for today, I don't think I've said it on the show before, but it is. Honestly, one of my favorite things that I have um, when it comes to camp decorating. And that is my balloon buddy. And my balloon buddy, he blows up balloons um, for me. Um, he's a little air pump. You just put the little balloon on the top and go, <laughs> fills the balloon within two seconds. Tie it off. Balloon is done. All right. Um, I found mine in a clearance rack at Walmart. And he's my best friend. And if I'm ever decorating for events, uh, he comes on out because I'm not great at decorating, but balloons are beautiful. And um, because of that, he will decorate at my wedding. He will be a groomsman for me. Um, you will definitely see balloons made for my balloon buddy on my wedding day, uh, no matter what my <laughs> spouse decides. And um, also, the thing I love about it the most is there's no pricey helium. I don't know if you guys have gone out to try buying helium recently, but it's expensive, even if it is fun getting a cute little voice, so expensive. So my balloon buddy can make me a balloon arch in an hour or two, or a balloon tower in 30 minutes, or I could just fill up a hundred balloons just for the fun of it. Or maybe we're having an event and I need to quickly fill up balloons and I need a lot of balloons really quickly. And I don't have the lung capacity to do that any longer. So I have my balloon buddy and he's there for me uh, when I need him most.
1: <laughs> That's my favorite angle that we've ever done. Oliver, your balloon buddy.
2: He he is sitting on the shelf over here in my office. He's with me every day. I look over at him. I get the confidence. The other day, I had to fill up something that wasn't even a balloon, and he was there for me. He filled it up. It was a giant ball. I was like, you know what? Maybe my balloon buddy can do this for me. And you know what he did? He did it. You know what? I need to name him. Just my balloon buddy.
1: Yoga balls, pool inflatables, air mattresses. Oh, my goodness. And I just can't wait for the camp counselor out there that the director's like, Hey, we got to decorate the dining hall. And the counselor's like, Oh, I listened to this very niche podcast and I have this (laughs) balloon buddy because the host recommended it. I can't, it is, it it is my favorite thing to think about, um, of the impact of our podcast. I'll look for it on
2: Amazon. (laughs) I'll look for it on Amazon. I'll make sure to have a link for anybody who goes to the show notes. And I think maybe 25 bucks, 25 bucks. And it will save you hours, stress, um, that you know when you like blow a thousand balloons, you're just so tired. light Gone, gone, gone. No more yeah. problems.
0: Like buddy yeah. handles it. Wow.
2: I am going to become an official spokesman for a Balloon Buddy. That's what my <laughs> goal is. I'm. I honestly just right now, if anybody was watching, I looked over the shelf, looked at my balloon buddy with as much affection as I have looked at significant <laughs> partners in my life. I was like, oh, look at you over there, buddy. <laughs>
1: This show is sponsored by Balloon Buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get that Balloon Buddy money.
2: Uh, all right. Well, if you're about to buy a Balloon Buddy, you can, <laughs> you can check out today's show notes. Um, but you could also, um, for today's show, we'd be so grateful you left us a review wherever you are listening to our podcast. Um, your rating and reviews not just help us know what you like or don't like about the show, but also boost our rankings and helps more people discover what we're doing here, um, which is Hawking Balloon Buddies.
1: <laughs> um, and you can uh, find also our contact info that to uh, let us know um, if you had any feedback or anything like that. But um, Robin, for those uh, for those people who made it through Oliver's Balloon Buddy uh, spiel, <laughs> but want to know uh, the <laughs> your contact info will be in there too. But Robin, can you just give us a, a little bit if people want to reach out, if they have questions, if they want to know what what the Karen Family Camps is all about. How do they do that?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh- I don't say this at the beginning of the show. My name is Robin. I'm the camp director at the Karen family of camps. And if you are interested in finding out more about Karen, you can go to ilovecamp.org or you can connect with me at Robin, that's spelled R-O-B-Y-N-N-E at ilovecamp.org if
1: you have any questions or want to follow up. Perfect. And don't forget that we we mentioned a couple of things that are going to go in the show notes of this episode. Um, along with our contact info, you can find those at gocamp.pro slash FCC. And don't forget to check out the other great camp podcasts out there. If you are more experienced camp staff, or you're thinking about camp as a potential career, we have um, podcasts all about training staff, about what full-time camp pros think about, what day camp professionals think about, what private camp owners think about. Um, It's a really cool glimpse into the camp world, whether or not you want to make a career um, of this wild and awesome job that we have as as camp people.
2: Very true. And with that being said, thanks for listening, friends. And remember, camp is camp and camp's all good.
0: First Class Counselors is brought to you by Beth and Travis Allison, summer camp leadership training and marketing consultants. Thanks for listening, friends.
1: Hey, camp pros. We love that our industry is built on sharing. In order to foster that spirit, if you've gotten even one good idea from a Go Camp Pro podcast, masterclass, from the summer camp professionals group, a conference, or wherever else, we ask that you give credit where credit is due. That way, it'll encourage camp pros to keep freely sharing their ideas and make the camp industry as a whole better.